You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, we do a podcast. That's what they call it in these parts. It's a nice Wednesday midweek podcast. Albert Dukes, what is up? Good morning, Jerry. I had a weird uh, thing that uh, happened to me yesterday, and I want to warn the audience of a potential thing here. So I got to be honest. If it's something with your private parts, I can't take it. It is that. not. It has okay, nothing good. to do with private parts. It's about gifts and things like that. So yesterday was my mother's birthday, and for years I will send her flowers on her birthday. Okay. And normally what I like to do is I like to call down to the local florist that's nearest by more of a personal touch than doing like FTD and that sort of thing. I like to make sure I talk to somebody, they're going to get it there, all this stuff. So I've been using the same florist every year, January 12th. Yeah. The This year, when I went on the website to look what they had, I was like, you know, I'll just order it here on their website. So I order it, and uh, yesterday, my mom's birthday, no, uh, no text. So I was like, hmm, something seems fishy with this. Yes. So I call my mom. She goes, uh, "No, I did. I didn't get anything." I'm like, "All right." So I had called the phone number of the uh, of the place, and it and it said this customer is no longer available. Then I went to their Google reviews, and people were complaining that they never got their flowers. They got charged. They appear to be closed. Well, but their website is still open, accepting. It took your money and took my money. Wow. So just to, and then so I was like, oh, let me look for another flower shop nearby so I could get this rectified. So my mom gets her flowers. No, a lot of them are closed. And I think what happened was, you know, of course, coronavirus shutting down businesses. But you got to think like with big weddings not happening. Yeah. With proms not happening. That's a lot of business. That's a lot of business. I don't think they can survive on a random birthday a passing, and right? A passing or and Valentine's that sort of thing. Day. Yeah. So, be careful if you're ordering I, flowers online. I think you're 100 percent right with that, and Thank I do you. believe too the combination of that and I mean, I'll be honest with you. I have, I don't remember the last time I used a regular flower shop anymore. It has been, you know, what I've used a lot has been Amazon with Whole Foods. Oh, I didn't even think of that. It is. You, you told a, me about that before. Yeah, and uh, you know the flowers are beautiful number one two they're not a fortune like and sometimes i've done it uh, i've done it three or four times on one occasion i was able to get them delivered within two hours of my order not not two days two hours and the other two amazon prime you said yeah yeah and then i searched for whole foods because they have a deal with amazon now and you go to their floral department that's a good idea the other couple of times i got them next day delivery which was fine 
And there, it's really, and I also go to Costco a lot for flowers. Yeah, even places like the regular supermarkets, some of them like Acme has yeah. a, always has a, a a wonderful Jerry, a very wonderful flower department. Like some of them are huge. Yeah, flowers huge are department. Flowers are one of those weird things that when you order them online, if you if you don't know where you're getting them from, yeah, sometimes it can take three days. Yeah, and it shouldn't. Right. I don't think. But so. Well, good luck. How much? How much did you spend? Hundred bucks? Yeah, over a hundred bucks. Man, but I checked on my credit card. It's it's still pending. So let's see if they if they well, cash it in. Then call I will, them. Well, call who? The credit card. Call the credit card company because they well, can nix it immediately. Yeah, I don't think I can do it. Uh, I don't. I can't dispute it until it actually posts. It hasn't posted yet. But, oh, I so thought I'm if it was see. pending, I thought you could no. get them to cancel it out, especially if the business is closed. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll give them a call. All right. I went on the app, the uh, credit card app, and it said uh, to do the to do it. You have to wait till it posts. So. Oh, then wait till it posts. You'll get your money back. I'm trying to. Do, I was trying to do the right thing, Jerry. Instead of going to the supermarket route, trying to go the flower shop. Understood. I do. I do feel bad though for the flower shop that closed because yeah. that does suck. Yeah, and like I said, it seemed to be a number of them. So. Yep, understood. Watching your area. Uh, earlier on the actual uh, radio program, uh, Gio brought up wrestling, high school wrestling. Yes. Did you ever do that as part of gym class? No. We did in like... Wrestling? Yeah, it was very bizarre. Dangerous I, too. I, yeah, and I've... I'm, I think in like... It was either 7th or 8th grade. We In gym class, they divided up the boys and girls. The girls went and did something. Maybe they learned about their private areas and things. And we <laughs> had to go do wrestling. And boy, you must to, have been... <laughs> yeah, right up your alley. They oh, tried boy. to team us up, you know, with kids... I guess eyeballing it what we weighed, but it was weird. I remember like yeah, know, grabbing someone else's testicles by mistake. It is weird. Yeah, or even just that that starting point. You put your arm around them and yes. on their stomach, and then your other arm on their arm, and they're on all to, fours. Yes, weird. <laughs> I often wonder back. Like I think back. Like was something inappropriate going on at, at our? At, no, at that never happened. Like, do you think that the gym teacher was interested in watching us wrestle each other? Uh, it's, you know what, would That's you be weird. shocked? No. Of course yeah, you wouldn't. That would occasionally, I would occasionally think about how bizarre that was. And then when Gio brought it up today, it All really the memories back came rushing memory. back. Yeah. like No, I never, I, remember, I just remember in my adult life, as you know, during the Boomer and Carton days when I got into the grappling for exercise. Which yeah. is not wrestling. It's different. It's and you more, were an adult. I was an adult, yes. And that, you know, it would go kickboxing into grappling and, you know, whatever. Um, and I, there's a lot of grabbing that goes on. And yeah. where we were, sometimes you would have men grappling with the women because it was by rank. Really? Yeah. And I remember thinking, I'm not doing that. I, there's no chance. A, get your ass kicked, number one. Right. And you look, you know, please. And then B, it's just you don't want to inappropriately touch something or it's no good. Correct. But, yeah, but, I mean, I will say this about wrestling. That I do not believe, maybe swimming, I suppose, I don't think minute for minute that there's a better exercise on the planet in terms of, A, strength, and, B, cardio burn. There is, I'm telling you, Al, you wrestling? will be. Oh, my God. If you wrestle for an hour. If you did like the grappling or wrestling, and it's nothing more than you know personal uh, strength on strength, uh, 
and you're constantly moving and rolling. The, you're using muscles you don't know you have, number one. And two, the amount of sweating and the heart rate that you – it's unbelievable. I have never uh, – the insanity was, was something like that. But I'm telling you, in terms of a sport, I think maybe swimming could be, could be more. I'm not sure. This is insane. And I guarantee you – well, you, you weigh five pounds. But if anybody's looking to lose weight and they're in good shape – you know, in terms of like my back is all effed up. I can't do it anymore. But if you're in good physical shape, but you need to lose weight, you will. I mean, the weight will just fall off you if you actually ended up in a five day a week program like that. I'm thinking of I'm going to try to Google who my gym teacher was back then, and then Google his name to see if any charges are ever brought up. Oh, jeez. I remember my. I remember it's, I, it's so be inappropriate. weird. I remember my gym teacher from like first grade. Isn't that weird? And I don't remember yeah. any any of the other ones. I remember what this guy looks like. But I don't know his name. Okay. We always do. You know, we did a gym class a lot when I was a kid. Kickball outside. Yeah, kickball outside. That's what we did. We did kickball. We did volleyball. And you wrestled. Weird. Dodgeball. Wrestling. We only did the wrestling. It was a very short time. And I remember the kid I had to wrestle. He smelled like onions. Oh, that's lovely. Do you ever do hide the salami? (laughs) No, not in gym class. I'm just checking. Whatever. What about Could you imagine wrestling the... someone that's chewing on garlic and onions? Oh, right. God. What about climbing the rope? Did you ever do that in gym class? Nope. That was like a classic. We did it would not. be like once a year you'd have to try to, and I had zero upper body strength, so I could not, not climb Not much has changed, rope. huh? No, I feel like I could climb a rope now. I have no yeah, leg strength. You don't weigh anything. <laughs> yeah, I have no leg strength. Now I do. I feel like I do have upper body strength. Isn't part of climbing the rope, though, using your legs as part of the process? Maybe. Yeah, we always did pull-ups in gym class. We never did climbing the rope. Pull-ups, I could never. I could do one pull-up when really? I was in gym class. Yeah. What about now? And it, and it was the pull-up that I could get f- from the momentum of jumping up on the. Oh, so then, so it wasn't a deadlift pull-up. It wasn't no, it was not a deadlift pull. I don't know how many I could do now. There's two different ways. You go hands forward, hands reversed. Hands yeah. reversed, I think, is easier than hands forward. Yeah, I feel like I was doing hands reversed. I'd be using my biceps. Yes, correct. And but your if you shoulders. Go, yeah, if you go the other way, the traditional way, I think you're using a lot of your back muscles. Yeah, difficult. I got to tell you, my my upper body is ki- 15 bench presses yesterday. <laughs> my body's killing me today. Yeah, well, you're not used to <laughs> doing them. No, I'm not. It was fi- it was all it was when I actually videoed it and I didn't post it because I'm like, you know what? I don't need the attention. Um, I did five at 100, five at 115, and then five at 135. And I look at myself, should I go for 150? And he goes, please don't. I said, all right, fair enough. I don't know why he didn't want me to. Yeah. I felt like it could have at least pushed up two or three or four because the 135 went up easy. Mm. Sounds like you're bragging. A little bit. A little bit. I'm not bragging. I'm trying to show you that you your, your comment that you couldn't do 100 pounds was, was silly. The other weird thing about this wrestling and the wrestling match, Jerry, Back to and, that. Or, or other mats that you use in gym class, you can get ringworm from, yes. from a mat. And that is a big problem amongst wrestling. Ringworm. Yeah. There's no doubt. I mean, that's it's a that is a common problem. That's like a skin rash. It's yeah. not an actual worm. If those mats are not cleaned properly, or if you have, you know, you're wrestling with people that have rashes on their body and you're Ugh. you're just rubbing it's gross. Right. It really is. At least when I did it, not that it was that much better, but we wore full like spandex type outfits. No one was in shorts. Like, you would have shorts on, but underneath you had the spandex pants that went all the way down to your feet. 
It wasn't like your calves were exposed or your inner gross thigh that might have been chafed exposed. Nothing like that. Yeah. You know, you might be in a short sleeve shirt, but that to me wasn't so bad. It wasn't like the outfits Greg's talking about that was, you know, that goes up and around the shoulder and everything. Your armpits are ugh, nasty. I'm Googling right now. I'm looking for this gym teacher. Oh, no. You found him? No. Uh, no. It's Not in prison. <laughs> there was a, it says a blank gym teacher admits having sex with a student, but it was oh, not. God. It was much later on. Okay. My goodness. Great. And we should trust these people with it. Like, do you think I went home and said I did wrestling in school today? Yeah, you probably did. It, it you was think different. I did? And my parents yeah. Were like, yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, and I think if you complained, your dad probably said, suck it up and shut up. (laughs) It was a different time. Yeah, it was a different time. I mean, you know, now, you know, not for anything. You have now, if parent and I I see it, and we're very, you know, our kids really don't give us any trouble, and I'm very thankful for that. There are, I have a couple of friends of mine whose kids are just everything they do, they complain about, everything. And one in particular goes to school my younger son and it's almost like his mom is on facebook constantly complaining about stuff that's going on in the school yeah which is good and bad it's bad because you do it too much and you become just noise but it's good because if anything like what you're talking about back in the past happens now i feel like it's it's not going to last long before someone knows right like it's going to be out there and the proper steps will be taken even though it might be too late for your kid i'm not saying it wouldn't be but at least it wouldn't go on. I don't think it would go on and on and on because I think people are really involved. So it's a, it's just different. I want to hear from people on Twitter. Tweet me if you did wrestling in, in junior high school. They call it middle school now, but I, it was junior high school when You're I was talking in seventh, eighth grade? Yeah. Seventh and eighth grade. No, we, we definitely did wrestling. Did wrestling seventh and not eighth grade. Not a lot. We, it was not a big, it was not a, a, a major sport that we did but we did do wrestling i just remember being feeling like this should this sound seems inappropriate god in eighth grade like there could you could have a muscle head on your hands and you could be like a dweeb that's tough yeah i was in the dweeb category (laughs) and i wrestled another dweeb but he smelled like onions and i like still can visually remember like the gym teacher telling us like yeah you put your hand on the stomach you put in this like what are we doing here wow yeah we play wiffle ball we did that. We, we we did play dodgeball. We did play wiffle ball. We played yeah. volleyball. Same here. We had cool gym classes. I suppose. I suppose. My dad always thought I could be a gym teacher. So I to wonder say he what had, he was thinking. So, so to say, he had high expectations. So. <laughs> I think you've done quite well. <laughs> no, I'm just saying he thought he he thought going to be a gym teacher would be good because I liked sports. Sure, I thought, thought about was, being a coach for a while. Yeah. Instead of getting into, because I just thought getting into this, like that, I don't want to say that was a, I was trying to explore both because I thought this was going to be very difficult to actually make a decent yes, living of at. of course, yeah. Because you hear all of the stories about, oh my God, you're not going to make any money and blah, 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 blah. Right. And I guess for some that's true and that hasn't been the case and I'm thankful for that. Right. But I did have, I had a, a backup plan. You did. I, I, sort of. Not a great one, but I had a plan. What like, I started plan? applying for freshman baseball coaching jobs oh, okay. when I was still working here because I never thought if I would ever get the chance right. to actually do what I wanted to do. So, I actually was offered one. I didn't take right. it. But yeah, I had that? no backup plan, I don't think. <laughs> we still don't. <laughs> yeah, still no backup plan. 
<laughs> Where's the 401k? <laughs> cash out, remember, cash out. I do remember when things were not going well at Middlesex County College right after high school that my dad, you know, my dad worked at uh, for Delta for many years at uh, Newark Airport. His whole career he worked out there. I remember one time he brought, you know, I had no idea what was going on. I was failing out of Middlesex County College and he brought home an application for U.S. Air. Yeah. He was like, you got to do something. I He's right. Like, Man. And it's yeah, funny you bring that up sound. because that was one that I went to a job fair and I did apply for a job with, it was Continental at the time. It wasn't United, yeah. right? Con- yeah, it was Continental. Yeah. And that was to work outside on the tarmac. And I thought it'd be cool to do all the, I was going to be, the job I applied for was to unload the baggage and load the baggage. Yeah. In and out of the plane. And it was union, I believe. Yep. And the starting salary was, was decent and it had a good like retirement plan. I did apply for that. I don't, I say, you know, I don't remember if I turned it down or if, or if they turned me down. I don't remember, to be honest, because you're going back now. I'm 46. That had to have been it was right before I got married because I was nervous that I was getting married and I wasn't. Ma- I literally I wasn't making any money. Yeah. I, maybe I was 23 or 24. So we're going back 20 years. I really don't remember how that ended, but I do remember going to that job fair and seeing Continental Airlines. I'm like, oh, that would be fun. My free. Yeah. Air. I love. Traveling, sure you do. This would be awesome. Live for free, yeah. So, but that didn't happen. Mm. Ooh. Right. Ooh. Ooh. right. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I still think about doing that though. Going to work the baggage clean, like, well, again, something we've always discussed. What happens if, right? You know, and I do think about those things from time to time. And that would be, I would think that might be a, a good route to go. After nine eleven, I tried to go apply to be one of the people that uh, works at the X ray machines at the airport. TSA. Yeah, I failed. I didn't get in. Why? I don't How know. How did you not get in? I don't know. I have a feeling. Well, I won't say. Okay, interesting. Well, anyway, I think that would have been a good route too, and you never know. Might have to explore that one day. Also, I have a feeling because I was previously in a terrorist group. They looked uh, a little strangely at me. It was a joke. Oh God! Thank God. I, yeah, thank well, goodness, Jerry. No, no, no. I think uh, I, I don't know what. I think a lot of people applied. Of, that could at that be. Time. That was probably. You're probably right. That was probably a shovel. numbers crunch. Numbers crunch. Yeah, that oh, makes I sense. I was all in though. I wanted to catch terrorists. Yeah, I think that would be cool. You just the only issue with that job in terms of the responsibility and what you do or don't do is you don't yeah. want to be the one that misses something. Right. Didn't you check that dude's bag that blew up the plane? Oh. Uh, I, I. How could you live with yourself? Yeah, that'd be a tough one. Like you had one job, stare right. at that screen and don't yep. screw it up. That's yeah, I tough, remember man. like the test was like you'd stare at a screen and like X-rayed bags would come quickly, and you had to try to identify if you saw a gun or a knife. Oh, you went through that whole part, huh? Yeah, I went through the whole thing. Wow, that's actually pretty neat. Yeah. Did you find that you were good at it? I guess not. I thought I was good at it, but uh, you know they didn't they didn't tell you right away if you if you were correct. You, had I wait, see. Uh, you You did a test. It was like an SAT test, but with videos like that. Yeah. And then they just told you if you uh, did it well enough to get called back. I did not. You did not. Well, I mean, at this point, what you need to do is you need to find that space down in the Bradley Beach area for your coffee shop so you can yeah. retire into the sunset. That's right. Radio till I'm 65, then coffee shop. All right. So here's what's nuts about that. That's only four. That's 13 and a half years away correct. now. How Same long are you at WFAN? I'm going to be here, uh, oh, I got here in 2007. Yeah. You're past the mark. Yeah. 
past the March. That is nuts to me. That's unbelievable. And in fact, the March 5th I, is my 20th anniversary with the company. Which is unbelievable. Company. Yeah. And so Starting for me, so 65, so I have 19 years left, but I'm here now for 23. Crazy. Yes. Oh, my God. Hmm. Ah, you just aged me, man. Yeah, man. Hey, well, man. real quick, what do you think of this? So we're trying to find a new space for our cornhole league, as you know that we oh, have. Oh, yeah, the big cornhole league, yeah. So I got two weeks left in the regular season before we get to the championship, but we're the gym is closed, and the gym is going to be that we rent. The gym is going to be a vaccine center. Ooh. So I we may not be back in for six months. I mean, I don't know. So we're looking for a permanent place. Found one. Here's my question. All right. How much do you think I need to offer them up front? Like standard is they want first month, they want last month, they want security. Blah, first, blah, last, blah, blah, and blah. security. Right. Do you think I could get away with, since we're in a pandemic situation, do you think I could get away with saying, listen, I'll give you the first month up front and let's just, and I'll sign three years. I'm not even saying I want to go month to month or anything like that. You think I could get away with one month up front and let's go. Yeah, we'll, maybe. We'll move in Monday. And say, you know where to find me. I'm Jerry Recco of WFN. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to play that card because they don't care. The woman's from, I, from Yugoslavia or something. Well, just like, though, but there's nowhere for you to hide. Do you, you know what I mean? It's no, not there's like not. going to disappear on them. That's true. I, that card I could play. That's true. I'm not going to just go run away and re uh, resurface in Houston and you're never going to find me again. That right. is true. Do you think it's possible? I think it's possible in, the, in this pandemic. Sure. Well, that's what we're going for. We're trying, man. We're trying. Give it a shot. All right, Give go take the dog shot, for a Jerry. walk. All right, the warm-up show is next. We'll see you tomorrow on a Thursday. See y'all. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Good morning, campers. Al and Jerry, don't worry. It's only an hour long. And most days, it doesn't suck. All right, midweek, it's a Wednesday. It's 5.03 in New York City with the Eddie Scazzeri. And down the Jersey Shore in a little nice town called Bradley Beach is a man, his dog, and his thoughts. That man is Al Hughes Dukes. Good morning, Al. How are you? Good morning, Jerry. Yesterday, uh, the Wimster and I were fortunate enough to meet another Greyhound. And it's very similar to, you know how, like, when you get a new car? Love at first sight. Yeah, like you get a new car and you go, oh, there's somebody who also has the same car as me. Let me wave to them. It's uh, very similar also with dogs. If you have a similar dog to somebody else, same thing. You, you do feel... the same thing when you see a guy and his girlfriend? <laughs> uh, no, that's about the only thing we don't do that with because I guess we assume uh, you know, that's a very common thing. How often are you mm-hmm. waving at an orange Subaru? <laughs> We uh, both hide our heads, <laughs> both drivers. No, you don't. Both Why do drivers. you hang your heads? <laughs> I want to break some news here, Jerry, and oh, um, I, like I don't this. want to reveal everything, okay. but the uh, orange Tic Tac is gone. Really? Yes. It was has been traded in. It's been moved along. You traded it in for the Mazda? I've grown up, Jerry. 
the orange Tic Tac is gone. You got a Mercedes, didn't you, from Doug Wells? No. <laughs> Look at you. You're down. So you are living down the Jersey Shore. You're staring at the ocean. You've uh-huh. got your retirement home uh-huh. at the age of 51 and a vacation home yeah. all at one. You've got a Mercedes from Doug Wells. I did not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You are living the life. I'm just saying I traded in the orange Tic Tac. And I will wow. reveal no further details. You you didn't have that car for longer than two years. Correct. Two and a half years. Oh. It was two and a half years? Yeah. You just said correct when I said you didn't have it for longer than two years, and you said correct, two and I a thought, half. <laughs> I thought you made it three years. Yeah. So it's gone, Jerry. It's okay. gone. Okay. Wow. Someone else will get to enjoy it. I grew up. I grew up. Well, I that, that I you, want an orange car. That you realized your regret, and you move forward. Correct, Jerry. Correct. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I want to start off with a little bit of a... Um, I want to delve, Jerry. This is maybe of a little bit of a deeper topic for sure. a warm-up show, but... Yeah. but uh, that Tiger Woods documentary on HBO is yeah, got me thinking. Yeah, I got to see this. So I finished part one yesterday, and it was really about, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if someone like you who loves golf and loves Tiger and loved Tiger Woods, uh, I think. Did you love Tiger Woods? Uh, I was a Mickelson fan, but I loved okay. watching Tiger play. It seemed like him and Phil Mickelson had a... Uh, a rivalry. Had, had a, a rivalry, yeah. Absolutely. But it weaves in and out from his uh, golfing and his, the major tournaments into what's going on in his personal life. Right. And it appears through episode one that uh, at the end when, when Tiger and his dad kind of split a little bit, there was a time when Tiger's dad was no longer showing up at every tournament. Mm-hmm. And there was some thought whether he was sick or... But there seemed to have been some sort of falling out with his dad because this documentary alleges that Tiger's dad was running around with all sorts of ladies. Well that yeah, I mean that was a story that was out there that he was of he he did those things and Tiger was very close with his mom. So yes, that that is something that I have heard through the years as well. And there's another gentleman in this uh, documentary who was uh, friends with Tiger Woods' dad and was also, he and the and Tiger Woods' dad were around the very young Tiger Woods when they were both chasing skirts, as this guy said. Okay. And they feel, and this guy's very regretful that he feels like he... Feel responsible? Feel some responsible. But my question to you is this, Jerry. If Tiger Woods saw this from his dad and was very upset about it, and we see this with uh, with women who who uh, do what their moms did, even though they saw that as a bad thing. Uh, Tiger Woods ended up doing this himself, even though he saw that trait in his father as a bad thing. Why is that? Why I, do we do that? I, because I just think you it's ingrained in you. I, I think it's something that you it's a learned behavior. And even unless you're he, conscious of it every moment of the day, I think it happens. But it seems like Tiger was conscious that what his dad was doing was wrong. So then why repeat I, that? Be, because you fall into the trap. And who you know, you don't know what's going on inside someone's home. Maybe he was miserable. You know, maybe he yeah. wasn't. Maybe his wife wasn't happy with him and he wasn't happy with her. And you get to a point and you say, you know what? Screw it. I don't know. You talking about Tiger or his yeah. dad? No, I'm talking about t- meaning I'm sure most pro athletes, golf, basketball, football, ba- you name the sport. I think most pro athletes have an opportunity to stray. I don't think that's I don't think I'm going out on a limb by saying that. 
It's who actually takes advantage of the opportunity or goes forward with the opportunity and who doesn't. And perhaps for the longest time, maybe he didn't because he did see what was going on with his father years and years and years and years. But you never know. Maybe there's a breaking point where he says, you know what? Screw it. You know, she doesn't care for me. I don't care for her right now. And there's an opportunity. I don't know. It's hard to get inside someone's head. But I do. And then, you know, I'm sure you know someone that has cheated on either a spouse or a girlfriend or a boyfriend at some point in your life. Mm-hmm. The one thing, and I don't know many, but I do know a couple. And the one thing that I have heard is you do it once and you get away with it. You feel like you get away with it again. And then once you do it a couple of times, it's almost like it's normal. Well, it's, I've even seen it like you'll see that women who are children of teen moms right, often become pregnant as teens, even though... They saw the struggles and the hardship of what that life was like for their own mother. Well, let me ask you this. Doesn't it, some, I would think, maybe subconsciously, you feel like it's okay? I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to answer your question because yeah. I don't know the answer to it, except that I would think that there's something deep in your mind that tells you, well, if mom or dad did it, then why can't I? Right. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, we all make choices and we got to live with them. I, it was the, I don't know. It was, it was the great Bruce Springsteen, Jerry, in a song called Adam Raised a Cane, where he says, you're born into this life paying for the sins of somebody else's past. Or you could be born to a rich person and it's a quite different, isn't it? That would be awesome. Yes. Oh, my it gosh. It depends we on rich. where you... Listen, I've always said it as... You know, as we go through this pandemic, as tough as it has been for some people, and there's no question it has been difficult, and I don't mean people that are sick. I mean people that are, you know, dealing with depression, and it has been hard, and I know it has been. You look around the world, there's a lot tougher places to be. So it depends on the situation you're in, the circumstance you were put into, and you make the best of it as best you can. And what a tease at the end of part one where the credits are about to roll and up pops Rachel Yucatel. I just don't understand. Sits down and it that is going to be awesome. This is what I don't get. You spent how many show? How many nights was the the Jordan documentary on the Bulls? Ten nights. How in the hell does that take ten nights? And that was <laughs> uh, listen. We all enjoyed that, and it was, yeah. and we couldn't. Maybe it's because of what was going on, and there were no sports, and that's possible. But that was a really good series, and I enjoyed almost every episode, if not every episode. How can you get through? Someone like Tiger, who has been a star golfer from the time he was a kid, really made the sport cool. I mean, I, I would, I honestly believe, like, I think, I think Arnold, I always say this Arnold Palmer made golf popular and Tiger made it cool. I think that's a pretty good way to look at it. Then you've got the whole issue with his wife, with what happened off the course. Then you've got the comeback. How is that done? In two 90-minute segments. It's a, the second one is going to be two hours, but still, in three and a half hours, you're telling the whole thing. Here's here's the difference, I think. I think Jordan, uh, since Jordan participated in his, I think you don't have Tiger participating, and you probably have people. The, they, they do have a lot of people participating in this, like his longtime caddy participated in this. Okay. What's that guy's name, Williams? Uh, Stevie Williams. Stevie Williams is in it. And they do have, you know, Nick Faldo's in it a lot. Right. But there were probably still people that uh, that are, well, there are people, if you're close to Tiger still, there's no way you're doing it. Okay. I guess these are people that, not that, like, I don't think Steve Williams had a falling out with Tiger Woods. Well, they they split. 
they split, but he like he doesn't he doesn't come across as a guy who's got a got a problem with Tiger. He okay. just comes across as a guy who like we did in the in the Craig documentary on HBO he was there and he'll tell you what he saw and that sort of thing. He doesn't seem to be hiding anything yet. He doesn't seem to be out for anything. Like he's not, he's not out to screw tiger over. Okay. So it's interesting. And maybe that's why, but you're right in three and a half hours. If the Jordan documentary took 10 hours, there's gotta be, you know, some middle ground there. Yeah, I would think so. I just think, I just find it interesting that you can get through. I mean, he's 44 or 45 because he's a little younger than I am. Yeah. I find it fascinating that you can get through the complex nature of his life on and off the course. Uh, and then you're going to tell me you can do it in three. I don't know. I just find that impossible to do it. But that having been said, I am looking forward to watching it. And if that is what it is, that's what it is. Hey, all right, is Charles Barkley in it? I'll give you a couple names. No. So Barkley, how about Nota Begay? No. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think who else he was tight with. Jordan? No, right? No. Nope. All right. So I guess not. Okay. It's really the tightest people right now, it seems like, is his former caddy, Steve Williams. Uh, childhood friends, old girlfriends, and coming up, not only Rachel Yucatel in part two, but the Perkins waitress. Really? Yeah. I think they got her for this. I wonder if they pay. Yeah. They probably pay her for it, too, yeah, right? I don't know. I don't know. Now, I remember uh, after this all went down, we actually had Rachel Yucatel in studio. I remember her on. She came in. She came in. I have photos. <laughs> I have a picture of me and Rachel Yucatel. Isn't that something? Yeah. And then I'm trying to think, like, what did she tell us? Uh, like, probably she, a lot. Did she? Like, I, you would think I would remember all, all that. All right. So do me a favor, because yeah. I'd be interested. I mean, I'm not going to do this for the show, but I'll do yeah. it maybe for the warm-up for tomorrow. You'll go back and pull Can, audio? Yeah. Give me the right. uh, give me the time stamp the on that photo. I'll go back if we still have the audio, which we might. Yeah. Um, I don't know what we go back to. 2011, maybe, in the audio vault? Something yeah. like that. And that would that's, I guess it's probably around that time, right? Yeah. Or is it before then? I'm trying to think. 10, we were 11? killing it with guests right around then, Jerry. We had not only Rachel Yucatel in studio, but... Um, Elliot Spitzer's hooker. What was her name? Ashley something. Boy. <laughs> I have a photo with her as well. Times have changed a little bit, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be interested to go back and listen to the Yucatan. Because wasn't yeah. she the one that... Didn't she have a big part in all the... And you tell me if this was in the documentary. All the, for lack of a better term, all the romps on the private planes... Yeah, so yeah, so her part is coming up, so nothing was revealed there yet. But her story, her backstory was she had a fiancé who died in 9-11. Oh, I forgot about that. And in fact, she was on the front page of the newspaper as, as a picture of a, of a grieving um, boy, someone who's, who yeah. lost somebody. And then I guess after that, she turned to the party life, and that's when she started partying in Vegas all the time, and that's when they met. she met Tiger Woods. Unbelievable. Well, yeah. you, I, I'll tell you what. You've done a good job selling me on it. Cause Thank I do, you, Jerry. I, well, you know, we started this segment. I thought I was going to tell you about my story when I had a Jeep, and every time I passed a Jeep, I would wave to them, and I didn't yeah. understand why people were waving to me right. until someone told Very me. Very similar. Instead, we go into Tiger Woods yes. and Rachel Yucatel. And, and I really would like to know psychologically why we do the things that our parents well, what did. What do you do that your parents that that are you are like your parents that you maybe don't realize. There's got to be something. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to examine that. See, yeah. But like when we saw something that our father or our mother did that we were against, 
and thought less of them for. And then when we grow up, we do the same thing. It's that's uh, is there that's something a psychological thing? Yeah, I mean that, but that's also crossing a different line. Like, is there something in your mind you can think of that you didn't approve of your parents? I mean, I no, can't think of anything. I can't think of one. I mean, the only thing, like, my dad was never handy around the house fixing things or building things. He, like, you know how G always says, do you want the guy that can fix things? Do you want the guy that can pay to fix things? (laughs) (laughs) Which is a great statement. I love that. Um, You know, I I really do try. I'm terrible at it, but I will give it a go. Yeah. And I know, you know, I used to remember my mom's frustration just because you'd always have to call someone to fix something. So before I call... I have this great guy, Mark, who's a, I, I've told you about him. He's tremendous, but he's not always available. So I will try. The problem is I do more damage than I right. do good. <laughs> then your handyman comes oh. over. He's got to fix what you ruined first. But I will say YouTube has made it much easier when you can do things step by step with the video. My parents do things on YouTube now, and they're like, you know, in their late 70s. I love that. Progressive my mother parents. Would be like, my mother would be like... We fixed the air conditioning unit outside. <laughs> we watched a YouTube video. I mean, like, your dad's putting a new roof video. on the house. Right. <laughs> He's got the YouTube video on his phone. <laughs> That's pretty fun. I'm actually, I need to try that. I need to put a new roof on our shed outside. Perfect. Go right on YouTube, Jerry. I did. And I have the video. And I feel like if I do it step by step, the Correct. only issue is I'm not so keen on being on the roof, even though it's a shed. Right. Because like one slip, I'll break my neck and I'm gone. That's a terrible <laughs> way to go, especially yeah. for someone that's afraid of heights. Jerry doesn't broke his seem, neck. Doesn't make the, much sense to me. On the shed roof. Oh, I, you know what? But I think I am going to give it a try. So All we'll right. See. All right, we'll take a break. It's 518, just getting started. We've got a lot to do here on the warm-up show, or at least we'll, we'll tell you that. And then Boomer and Geo at 6 on the fan. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Alan Jerry, brand new for 2021. So much better than the lame-ass 2020 version. Good version right here. 524. I cannot take this anymore. So one, uh, let's tie up one loose end from yesterday, Al. Um, All right. I don't know how it came up, but you said you could not bench press 100 pounds. Correct. So yesterday, and we took to the bench press with my son spotting me, and I didn't, I went to 100, to 115, to 135. I'm telling you right now, you not only can do 100 pounds, you can do 135. I did, I did them all five times. It's easy. So 135 means how many, how many, what weights are you putting on the bar? Uh, I know the we bar did two, what did we do? 245s. Is that right? Two, and two tens, I think. Is that right? And two tens? Oh my goodness. I forget what it was. No, 245s in the 45 pound bar. 135. Okay. That would be tough, but I, I it wouldn't be. I'm te- I did five of them. I'm telling you, wow. you can do it. Forget 100. 100 was easy. The 115. Easy. The 135 a little harder, but I did it five times. I, it's no issue. You can do it. If, yeah, I felt like if I had a, a spotter that I knew could get that thing off my chest, then I would try it. I told you, come over. I will spot you. I did the one time I was in uh, in, in a gym and I was starting to use the actual bench press like that with the with the one bar. Gotta be and careful. The, yeah, and I put. I think I tried to put a 45 on each one, and. 
I realized uh, how whatever many I did, if I did any, I, I, I was not going to be able to get it off my chest. So I thought <laughs> at that moment, instead of yelling for help, which we look like wuss boy. Yeah, that's not I good. I thought, let me just tilt it to the side. Oh, and I've then done the, that. <laughs> and then the one will slide off. Then I'll slide the other one off. But what you don't realize, it's like a seesaw. Yes, when and very one, quick too. <laughs> when the one weight slides off, it really takes off in the other direction. And it's loud. And it's it's loud. like you I told like you last summer. I cut a branch down, a big branch off one of the trees, and I guess I wasn't thinking. And the branch shot back and knocked me off the ladder. Yeah. And I had it on the on the camera from the you know the camera in front of the house. Yeah, you gotta be careful. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I bruised my hip pretty good. And it was one of those things where I guy fell off the ladder. No, I wasn't ten, you know, I wasn't 20 feet in the air. I was probably five steps up, so it wasn't that big of a drop. But I remember I got up like, did I break anything? Yeah. I always told you, I fell off my – I slipped on a, a patch of oil when I had a scooter when I was 15 or 16. I forget how old I was. And I, I crashed, and I went to get up. I'm like, all right, I think I'm good. And I leaned on my left hand, and all of a sudden I realized I wasn't good because I had a broken collarbone. But, like, I looked down, like, my ankle, my legs, everything was fine. I'm like, all right, good. I made it. I'm fine. I had my helmet on. But then when I went to get up, I realized, oh, not so good. And that was when I collarbone broke. Snapped a collarbone sliding on oil. Yes, that is true. Jerry, it's divisional weekend in the NFL coming up. Let's start getting excited because today's Wednesday, right? Uh, Today's Wednesday, yes. Now, there is a 40% chance of snow in Buffalo for Saturday night. See, that's now, interesting. I looked at the for the forecast yesterday. I saw no snow in the forecast. Well, what's interesting here is they go, there's a whole article, there's multiple articles about snow in Buffalo. There's a 40% chance of up to an inch. I mean, Oh, please, on. stop. I mean, please. Because they're making a big deal that Lamar Jackson uh, for the Baltimore Ravens has never played in snow in his life. He He, he can run, though. It's fine. And he seems like he's not interested in playing in the snow. He'll be fine. He plays in a cold weather city. I know. It doesn't matter. And an inch means snow. nothing. It doesn't snow in Baltimore. You got to be kidding me. Um, not much. To. I mean, it's it's like New York. It's very. How often can you think about a snow game with the Giants or Jets compared to yeah, Buffalo? Never. Very right. rare. Ne- very rare. Most of our snow. Let's be honest. Most of our snow comes in February and March. Right. And the, the most of the snow we get in the football season is just blustery flurries. Yeah, or it's wet and it can be it melts away really quickly. But I started feeling bad for Lamar Jackson. I mean, when you're a Why? kid and it snows, playing football in the snow is one of the great pleasures of childhood. Yes, yeah, but we also aren't getting paid millions of dollars and have people screaming at us if we lose. I mean, it's the only time you could play tackle in the street is when it's snow covered. Yeah, better you better have at least. I gotta watch what I say because Eddie will clip it. You better have enough snow on the ground, otherwise you crack your head on the pavement underneath that's frozen. How many inches is enough, Jerry? And when you when you answer, say blank number of inches is enough. Go ahead. Um, for snow, yes. Eddie's hands right on the trigger. I see him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying. (laughs) I would say to be safe, um, at least a foot. Yeah. What you need is for when the plow comes down your street, all it does is it plows the snow, but you don't see pavement. Right, which is why me and my friends, while we did play football for sure, the one thing we used to do all the time was hockey, which we and that was when we would be able to break the puck out. And it wasn't just using the hockey ball. 
We used to do that a lot. I used to love that because you but felt it, like you were, you know, in Canada playing hockey. But it would suck if you lived on a street that had, you know, cars coming up and down. You, Not in a blizzard. If you had lived on a good side street, you wouldn't have to keep moving the uh, hockey nets. No one was How out. many inches you have? <laughs> what was the question? You wanted at least 9.6 inches. Yep. <laughs> wow. 12 <laughs> inches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, you're going to need that. I guess it doesn't matter if I didn't say anything. But think about it. If you, if you live on a street, any street, I don't mean a main street or a highway, but any street in the development during a blizzard, there are very few cars that are going by. That's true. So I think in that now you're right in the summer if you have the basketball hoop out in the street, that's a problem. Oh, it's so annoying. It is. That's why we I built the patio in the backyard and put the hoop back there. This way you didn't have to deal with that nonsense. The guy used to drive me crazy. So, so yeah, no worries if you're a if you're a um, Baltimore Ravens fan. It's not going to matter. There's only forty percent chance of an inch. Right, and think oh, of it this on. way: if you uh, so, I always find this interesting. So if anybody's concerned about forty percent chance. If you have a, no, I guess you would be concerned in this theory. Never mind. I was talking in circles. <laughs> now, this was a surprise move in the NFL yesterday, Jerry. Brian Schottenheimer, the offensive coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks, out. Good. Goodbye. Goodbye. He'll find another job very quickly. It's not a big deal. As job. an offensive coordinator, you think? Or you think or he'll you're... step it up for a head coach? No. Head I coach. Who's hiring him as a head coach? The Jets. No, they're not. I hope the Jets get that uh, Rob Salah. <laughs> so I'm glad it's funny you brought that up. So I'll play this again next hour. But this was on Carton and Roberts yesterday, and I only bring it up because I got yelled at by Boomer many times mm-hmm. for not pronouncing his name properly. Eddie, can you bring the uh, sounder up, please? The fader. So we you and Love I both Salah. They've got to move Salah. on. Is quicker. it Salah? Salah. It's not Saleh. Saleh. Salu. What's the official word on that, boys? How are we? Uh, pronouncing S A L E H Salah Salah Robert Salah. <laughs> I still don't know which was the it's right Salah. answer. Salah Robert Salah, and I only know it because I got yelled at by Boomer, and then Rob I realized, Salah. you know what? I'm gonna here's how I'm gonna write it in all my scripts: Sal Dash U H Salah Salah. Much easier. It's kind of like when I used to. I did show. It's funny. What I mentioned, Sal. I did shows with him at MLB um, dot com years ago. And Shin Su Chu was a popular player on the Rangers, I believe it was at the time. Mm-hmm. And so guys would have trouble because they would say it fast and they would mispronounce his name nonstop. So they decided, and it was brilliant, and I used it all the time. They would put his name on the board in front of us, right below all the TV screens and monitors that we had. And they had a picture of a leg and it had arrows pointing and it said Shin, right to the shin bone. And then the next picture was an attorney. And it said Sue. And then there was a picture of a guy eating. True. And that, and it was so easy to remember it. So I've used that for Salah. I'm going to think of Salad for Salah. Uh, yeah, I think Craig tried that too, and that went awry as well. I'm not going to play all the clips I have. I'll play them coming up. But yeah, that he tried that too. and Because the, then he called him Salet. <laughs> That's not correct. <laughs> no, no, that was that was not correct. And even uh, Tommy Lugauer tried to get in the mix, and he screwed it up. And so did McMonagall. It was actually pretty funny. It made me feel better about myself. As a Jets fan, Jerry, that's who I want. You're not a Jet fan, um, but right. I agree. I think I think he'd be a great hire. The energy, you know, say what you want. And the whole Doug Peterson thing was overblown because I feel like I got you know crushed for that. 
if you go back, the whole point of that was Greg asking me, does that excite you? And I said, nah. I never called him a bad head coach. I just said, nah, it does. And I don't, I don't think it excites most Jet fans. And when I put the poll out there, I was right. 80% came back. It doesn't excite them. Salah excites, I think, a fan base because, A, you think of the Niners' defense and you think tough defense, number one. Two, he's got the look of a football coach. Yeah, he looks like a badass. He does. And he's also got the energy. And what have the Jets been lacking from their head coach the last couple of hires with Bowles and then Adam Gase? Publicly, anyway. I don't know what happened on the field in practice. But publicly, what did they lack? Energy, Jerry. And what does Doug Peterson look like he lacks publicly? Energy. What does Salah look like he possesses? Energy. I agree. Pure energy. Get him here. I think he'd be fun. I think I think he'd be a good yep. hire. So I, I think that would uh, Jets fans would be excited about that. I agree with you. I do too. So we'll see. They, they have him in today for an in person second interview. Oh, in person. If I'm the Jets and if I like him, I don't let him leave because the Eagles want to talk to him now. Yeah, I would lock the door. I say now you just can't leave. You know who put a? You know who's a good idea too? I was at who was it? I don't know if it was one of the. It was Ian. Ra- one of the NFL guys posted. You know who the Eagles should hire? Who? Buddy's son, Rex. That would be a great idea. That would be cool. Wouldn't it? I like that. 25 Plus, and- we'd get Rex versus Joe Judge. That would be awesome. Yeah, you would. Talking smack. Oh, it would be good. 25 in front of six. Boomer and Geo, top of the hour. Warm-up show continues. Don't go away. We all know baseball is a long season. I'm Brett Boone from the Brett Boone Podcast. This summer, take a trip down memory lane with me and hear from the legends of the game. So far this year, I've had conversations with Randy Johnson, Pete Rose, Deion Sanders. Plus, every week we look at the state of Major League Baseball, which teams are exceeding expectations, which ones are struggling to meet them. Follow and listen to the Brett Boone Podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Al and Jerry, number one with people in cars stuck in traffic on the LIE and the Jersey Turnpike. But we are last in rolling out the music coming My back from a break. music <laughs> isn't playing. 542, that's all right. this one? There we go. A little late now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was a little late. <laughs> but you know the what? One wasn't playing. Better late than never, Al. That's what I say. Yeah. Did you see Aaron Rodgers is going to get to host an episode of Jeopardy? Now, I did see that, and I saw he told Pat McAfee that, boy, him and Pat McAfee yeah. are tight. Um, is this something like a tryout, or he's just he's just a guest host? No, I guess what they're going to do is they're going to roll out a bunch of guest hosts. I know Katie Couric is the first one who's going to do it, but then after the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers is going to get to host an episode. Very cool. He'd probably be very good at it. He goes, Aaron Rodgers said, Alex Trebek was a hero of mine growing up. Doesn't even make any sense. Why would a Jeopardy host be your hero? I will tell you, a up. lot of people were really broken up by his tragic passing and yeah. and his illness and disease, and it was really, really sad for a lot of people. But do you think Aaron Rodgers growing up was like, who was your hero? Alex Trebek. I don't know. Game show host. If, 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 if in the Rodgers household, Jeopardy was a must-watch every night, Mm-hmm. Then I could see, yeah, I could see it. Yes, I, know, right? I could definitely see it. And then maybe that's why he hates his family. 
Right. Maybe he dominated them in Jeopardy. Maybe. They didn't like it, and that's what caused the split. Maybe they played Friday Night Jeopardy, and he was the champion, and his brother couldn't beat him in football and couldn't beat him in Jeopardy, and his parents took his brother's side. Who knows? It was always cool when they got, like, uh, if you ever watched Jeopardy with smart people and then a sports category would come up, you'd feel like, yes. I got you. Same for me, like rock and roll, any rock and roll music category I felt confident in. And then you see, and sometimes they're the most basic questions and answers. Yeah. And the smart people are like staring at one another like, Duh. Yeah. <laughs> and then Although, you get something from the year 1212 and they yeah. nail it. <laughs> yeah. Although it, it, the the people on the actual Jeopardy, the three contestants, they'd always avoid that category. Of course they would. They'd be the last five uh, answers on the board. Yeah. Of course. That is funny. All sports-related ones. In the year 1317, King Arthur III came up with which law? And they're all beeping in. It's Who like, is, what? Uh, what, is, what is law 23B? Right. Meantime, Correct. then they put up on the sports thing, what 49ers quarterback threw the ball to Dwight Clark? <laughs> da. Aww. <laughs> they have Aww. no idea. Colin Kaepernick? <laughs> they have no idea. It is funny. I remember uh, the Nickelodeon did the game this past weekend, Bears-Saints. Uh, yes, I watched and, the first uh, quarter. There was a young woman on there, Jerry, from Gabby. Nickelodeon. Gabby. Yeah. So it turns out that uh, Gabby, for her show prep, was accidentally given Tony Romo's 800-page game notes. I wonder if this is accidental, though. And I only say that. 800 pages? Well, which is bizarre. What is Tony um, Romo doing with that? So, like, I did a game. I remember I did a game for CBS Sports Network years and years and years ago. I think it was 2017. A basketball Football, game. basketball. It was a basketball game at Illinois State. Al, the amount of prep, paperwork, and notes that they sent me for this one two-hour game was, I mean, beyond anything you could have ever imagined. It's and too much. It is too much. I couldn't agree with you more. And so I'm not surprised a game like that with the number one broadcast team, uh, that doesn't surprise me that there's that many pages. And it doesn't surprise me that she got it. And I don't know that it was accidental because it makes sense. She doesn't know any. I wouldn't have given her all of it. But you would think, because from listening to her as I did, like I said, when they go to her at 7 nothing with 10 minutes to go in the first quarter, and she's like, well, you know what? The Bears still have time to catch up. There's still time. Anybody who's watching that Nickelodeon for the game needs their head examined. That Nickelodeon Nickelodeon thing I could not get into. Go ahead. It's not for you. I tried watching on Nickelodeon, and I couldn't get into it either. And that's fine. And here's the beauty of it. Channel 2. Yeah. Nansen Romo. It was not for you guys. I had a hard time getting into the Nansen Romo one, too, because it was Bears-Saints, and the Bears are boring. Well, the game was... And the Saints were boring that day, too. Oh, by the way. The whole game was boring. And then you had, you know, the delay between Nansen Romo with him being home. And the whole thing was tough to watch. Nickeldodian. And Nickeldonian. Nickeldonian. Yes. Do you think Romo goes through those 800-page notes? Do you think he? Do you think he looks at? I'm not saying he does not that he reads every one, but that he at least flips and glances at yeah, all I think, 800 pages. Uh, about all 800, you glance through a lot, I would say. And Eddie's in my ear saying no because he didn't know about the extra point at the end. <laughs> I don't think that's in the notes. That's a no. rule. That's not in the notes. I don't think in the be... 800 pages you have NFL rules. No, only if it was a thousand pages. No, I, of, I don't think. Think the of rules all the trees ready. they're whacking over there. Whacking trees. Whacking trees to make game notes for Tony Romo. Here's what I think Romo does. I think you look at the star players and you really look at their numbers and their, you know, career playoff numbers and head-to-head stuff. 
And then I think you glanced at a lot of the other things. Because there's, here's the thing about it. There's not enough time in the game to get all that in. Right. And if you have 800 pages in front of you, it's a disaster. It's 200 pages per quarter you would need to squeeze <laughs> in information. <laughs> right. And think about how much time you have to talk. You're right. You get 10 seconds in between plays. Real fast here, Jim. Uh, did you know? <laughs> I thumb through my 200 pages for quarter number one. Now, it's helpful because they do the – here's what I would say about it. They do the research for you, which makes it very easy to get through. Like the one thing – like I've never had that. So for whether it was Columbia, whether it was Rutgers, um, even Compass Media Networks, they certainly – they give you a lot of assistance, but they're not doing your research for you. Yeah, what do you get for like when you're doing the play-by-play of a Cowboy National Radio with Danny White, former Cowboy quarterback? What type – do you get a packet for that? Yeah, well, you get the – so Compass sets it up with the teams that you get put on the – media mailing list so you get all the notes from the teams it's up to you then to go through all the information right and decide what's important what's not and what you put on your sheet you know when i first started doing games i'll never forget guys telling me well you got to make this big poster board and all the names and the numbers and every stat and i did it and for the first year i was a disaster because it was too much it just it was too much information in front of me and then as i kind of scaled you know you find your own little way of doing things and I scaled it way back, but I would always have the notes handy, and you'd always read through them, and you would I would highlight things so that I kind of knew where to go if I needed it. But I was not kind of like literally guys would have poster boards of charts. It's like what is it paralysis by analysis? Is that the phrase? Ah, uh, that is a phrase. It's too much. Too much, especially when you figure you don't get ninety five percent of it in. It's like overstudying for a test. I couldn't agree with you more. That's exactly, and, and your brain gets fried from it, and you all, all of a sudden you're thinking too much instead of just reacting to what you're seeing. No good. Jerry, as we gear up for the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, it seems like a lot of people think that 10 points is too many points to give the Browns against the Chiefs. Yeah, the until Chiefs. the Chiefs win 45-7. to seven. <laughs> Well, let me ask you this. You're, right, this looks great in theory. Like right now I'm like, hmm, that 10 points does seem like a yeah. lot. Because I feel like the Chiefs don't cover a lot. Like, even if they get out to a huge lead. This year, they have not. My question right? for you is going to be, they basically just got by this year, and they went, let's be honest, they were 14. I'm not counting the last game. They were 14-1, and one, and they didn't even look like they were into the season. My question for you is, do we see primetime Chiefs now that it's the playoffs? Because that's not what we saw all year. Yeah. We saw an NF. We saw a Super Bowl champion with a Super Bowl hangover that was still so damn good. They went fourteen and one. Yeah, I think you get prime time, prime time Chiefs. And you're right. Anytime I think like I look at this and go, "Oh, Browns ten points," that seems like a lot. And then you could say, "Could you see the Chiefs winning twenty four ten? Yes. Yeah. Easy. That's Fourteen points. I see the Chiefs winning thirty one to three more so than I see them winning twenty eight twenty one. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the Bears, what do you, when you think Bears, aside from boring, what do you think about the Bears in terms of their style of play? Like, how do you think they're going to win a game? Low scoring. Right, defensively. Did the Saints cover a 10-point spread? Yes. I mean, you know, it's I, – I just look at – here's how I think of things. If you think the Chiefs are that good, and I do, I'm taking the minus 10. Have to. Have to. Plus, it seems like – that the bet is going to be taking the Browns and the points. I agree. Like that That's, seems like what we're, where things are leaning right they're now. They're begging you to take the Browns. Yes, they're 
begging you, Jerry. Oh man, I I always like to, and then we'll take a break. I always love when we're doing when we're doing the picks. What they're getting five points? A lot of points. <laughs> no, it's not. You could play a great game and be tied, and the guy that scores last with a touchdown covered the five or six points. It really like like a legitimately Chiefs beating the Browns twenty four ten. That you wouldn't even cons- you would be, that's not a blowout. No, that's a, the Chiefs win, and that's fourteen points. I would say the Browns did well. Right, yeah, the Browns hung in there. Five fifty two. We have one final break, and then we'll come back with a closing thought, and then Boomer and Geo at six. But right now, it is time for the one and only. Amy Lawrence with the Radio.com Sports Minute about the NBA. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. All right, Nets beat the Nuggets last night, 122-116. Kevin Durant at 34 points. More on Kyrie Irving coming up. And the Jets having a second interview with 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Sala today. Al. And I was seeing Kevin Durant, Jerry. He's going to play... Back to back games and a belly to belly. Yes, so they, they play the Knicks tonight. Yes, that was supposed to. This was supposed to be like an exciting game. Like the the Knicks in the beginning of the season were doing well. You had the, the Nets with KD and Kyrie were back, and now now what do we have? Well, you've got KD scoring thirty something points last night, looking amazing. Had a great second half. Nets won, uh, beat a good team, and you've got the Knicks trying to bounce back from three straight losses. And, and Kyrie is still. I don't not know. Playing. I, you know what? I I I don't know. What so to so Gina listens to WFAN, and but she has no idea what really goes on in sports. But she picks up on things, yeah. Like she, because she has it on all day, and uh, she was annoyed at something about her work, and she goes, "I, I hear Kyrie doesn't go to. Why am I going to work then? I'm upset. Why Why do I have to go to? Well, work? Well, she doesn't have to. Um, I don't know that she's got 150 <laughs> million dollars to fall back on. She doesn't. Right. So I I would I would suggest she continues to go to work. I checked, Jerry. She does not have $150 million to fall back on. Right. That's Far why Kyrie it. can do what Kyrie wants. Oh, so that's why Coming up this weekend, stay go. right here to listen to the NFL Divisional Round Playoffs. 